Welcome to How Life Changed, a podcast that features stories of real people and how their lives have changed as a result of COVID-19. I'm your host, John Noltner, and I'm glad you could join us. Change is a constant in life, but as a global community, we're now in the midst of unprecedented change as a result of the pandemic, and it's altering our work, home, and community lives in unexpected and profound ways. Each of us will experience this outbreak in our own unique fashion, each of us a single thread woven into the fabric of this historic event. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll explore just one of those threads, one person's story, and through that lens, hope to gain some human insight into the bigger picture of what's happening in our world today. We're recording this episode of How Life Changed on Sunday, April 5th, 2020. Today I'm talking with Tracy Erickson, a respiratory therapist in Fullerton, California. So Tracy, thanks for taking the time to talk. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, You know, I think it's fair that we should say right up front that uh, we're related. (laughs) You are my sister-in-law. You are the younger sister of my wife, Karen. I am. And actually, I have to say, I am enjoying talking to you because you get so busy that we don't get a chance to always talk. So this is actually, this is very nice. I'm not sure that that's an accurate reflection of what happens. I think it may be the case that my wife capitalizes on the conversation. So there's not always room for me to talk. Well, and I (laughs) tend to probably just text her more. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) but we did get to see each other last year, right? I was doing some work yeah. out in LA and we got to hang out for a little bit and we went to Disneyland together. Yes, that was fun. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, I want to uh, I want to thank you for talking. Uh, I just checked the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center and saw that California has about 15,000 cases now and about 350 deaths. Is is that sound about right to you? Yeah, I think that is right. It seems like the number is constantly changing, but yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, and have you seen any cases in the hospital where you work? We do. We um, we have a few, and honestly, I I don't always know what the numbers are, but we have had we've had some in our hospital. Okay, and and tell me <clears throat> a little bit what a respiratory therapist does. Okay. Um, mostly um, anything dealing with the the airway. So a lot of times people think respiratory therapists, it's, you know, asthma or emphysema or lung disease, but whenever the uh, airway is compromised, so if you have a stroke, pneumonia, um, obviously, you know, CPR, something like that, but anything where you're breathing um, potentially could be an issue, then we're there. So um, it's, well, we do, so patients with uh, on ventilators, we do breathing treatments, we help clear airways if anyone's having um, difficulty breathing with, you know, secretions or, or choking or anything like that. So anything regarded, related to breathing, um, that's where they're. So like in this case, um, with the coronavirus, it really hits the, the lungs. So um, we're right there with the uh, the doctors and the nurses, and uh, have to manage the airway. 
So you're you're on the front lines with the actual COVID nineteen patients who are coming through. Yeah, um, our our supervisor kind of said it, uh, kind of made it said it best, I guess you could say. Um, everything we do in respiratory is pretty much considered high risk in in this particular. So normally it's not, but in this particular situation, because everything we do is some sort of aerosolized or you're, you're manipulating their breathing or things coming out of their lungs. So everything we do um, is a, considered a higher risk procedure, even just a simple breathing treatment. When you see people, you know, doing a nebulizer or something now with the COVID-19, that could be a big deal. So talk about some of the protocol and some of the safety that you're having to go through in this case uh, so that you yourself don't get exposed. Well, I have to say our hospitals actually, uh, and I, I'm sure, you know, it's a huge learning curve with every hospital and, and things are literally changing what we did on Friday. I'm sure I'll walk in on Monday and it'll be completely different. I, I, everything is changing all the time. Um, but our hospital is I mean, the patient is absolutely important and to keep them safe, but they are really conscious of protecting us. And so we, um, we were now our particular thing now is everyone that walks in the hospital, uh, has, we're screened. We have our temperature taken and we get a mask now. Uh, and that just recently changed it before you could go in and kind of walk through the halls. If you weren't part of patient care, you didn't have to worry about wearing a mask, but now everyone's wearing a mask. And then we go into the COVID-19 rooms. Um, there's special equipment. The N95 is the popular mask that you keep hearing. But then we also have what's called a tapper, um, which is a little bit more um, a, a thing that goes over your head. And it's like a negative pressure thing. So um, it's like another uh, mask to protect us. And we have shields, face shields that we have on, and of course, gloves and things like that. But the big thing is the N95s, the masks. And And... Currently, it feels like your hospital has all of the equipment that they need. Yeah, you know what? Um, they're really being smart on saving our equipment. Um, so they're being very thoughtful that we don't run out of supplies. Um, they're constantly working with, gosh, when all the companies that are making things, um, the shields and the masks and stuff. So they're, they're it's kind of like rations. <laughs> they hand you just what you need um, and ask us to be good stewards and, you know, to take care of the supplies that we have. So, yeah, right now we are protected and they have they have stuff for us. But we're always watching to make sure we always have supplies needed. And you haven't been so overwhelmed at this point that you're being asked to work extended hours or extra shifts? When I'm lucky, um, I... Right now, because I are, I have more seasoned staff right now because I my day job is actually usually outpatient. And so now I've been brought into the hospital. So all of our therapists that have been um, in the hospital longer in regards to taking care of inpatients, they're seeing all the more critically ill ones. And that's picked up. We probably the last week and a half, that's kind of doubled on what we're seeing. So um, they now they kind of have us separated where you're just on that one floor. And so I'm taking care of like one area. And um, so it's picked up. The thing that's picked up the most is all the gowning in and out, you know, to put on all the equipment where you just go in and do your job and 
have minor things to put on. Now it takes so much time to go in and out. So that's been additional time to take, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how, how long is that process to put on the right mask and the shield and the gown? Well, it's not that long, but it's longer than just walking in, (laughs) you know, it's like, you know, cause if you have to do a gown, then you got to put the gloves and then, you know, you have your mask on and it doesn't take that long, but it's added time. And then you go in where before we just quickly wash, take off the whip off the gown or whip off the mask and go grab something and gown up. Now it's, you have to make sure you have everything sealed and, you know, you know, when you put on the N95, you actually make sure you have it fitted correctly. That's why the N95s, you had to be sized for that. You had to be fitted for a fit tested for that. So um, making sure that otherwise it's kind of pointless, but no, it's not like a ton of time, but it, when you have every patient you have to do that for, it slows down things a bit, but yeah, we've picked up a little bit here. So we're, um, I don't think anyone's really worked a lot over. They've picked up like a couple extra hours or four hours over, but so far they're keeping the staff, you know, rotated pretty good. So we're not too, too overwhelmed yet. We're not you, New York. Thank goodness. We're not to that point yet. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so I noticed on social media that you all had a show of support at the hospital um, yesterday, maybe, I think it said. Uh, can you tell us about that a little bit? That, that has been the most humbling thing. Since this has started, we have had our community, it's kind of, it's considered a, a smaller community, even though we have a, a nice size hospital. Um, we have signs put all up all over um the community is just like making signs and they're plastered on our 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 parking structure or um i'll just send you a picture i was walking out going to my car and i see just this random sign stuck in the grass across the street that says thank you healthcare workers and yesterday our fullerton police department and community i don't know how many how many cars there were, but they all came through with lights and sirens and just passed through and people had signs up and just to show support of the hospital. And it just kind of, just kind of makes you kind of stop and pause. You're like, Oh my gosh, you know, they're, it's just very overwhelming. It's very, very humbling to see how much they care. That's not normally what you hear when you're going into work. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, you know, and it's funny because the community is always like, oh, we, you know, we love St. Jude, you know, but this has just been, they don't have to do that, you know, and it's, it's pretty amazing when people do it. So it's, it means more than they probably realize. Yeah. And how, how is the staff holding up? Are people, you know, morale okay? People feeling okay? Around? Well, you know, honestly, I have to say, um, and I, I don't know how maybe they, they deep down, because we, you know, there's a little people talking and, you know, a little whatever, but honestly, everybody's just kind of like, that's just what we do. And they, you know, not joking, like in a, in a bad way, but you know, you have to have humor when you, you do that stuff too, or, or, but everyone seems like they're, you know, it's just kind of what we do, you know? And, you know, when you hear it's going to be a COVID patient that you're intubating, they're like, okay, you know, and you, just go and do it like it's any other patient. So I haven't seen our staff or the nursing staff. They keep talking to the patients just like they do. There's a over, I guess an overall kind of seriousness, you know, it's kind of like this, but yet people are still talking. People are still kind of not joking, but you know, 
laughing and smiling and stuff. Initially, it was all kind of scary, and now we kind of got our smiles back. Um, but it's it's a different feel. But I think everyone's, you know, we're just kind of take the next day as it comes. How about you? You holding up okay? I am. I, I have to say, um, for me, my little routine is um, driving in. I honestly, I don't listen to the news that much, probably because I hear enough of it at work. Um, so my drive-in every day is uh, I uh, say my prayers and I have a little conversation and uh, listen to my Christian music. And I, I just honestly ask that no matter what happens, whoever I take care of that day for whatever reason, and I, honestly, John, I, I do this every day, that I hope that that person feels that I, I provided a little smile to them. You know, or, you know, because all the TVs are on with the, you know, the news and I'll talk about, you know, how many kids do you have? Or, you know, and I just, I'm always just trying to not have it about that, that I'm talking about them. So it's, and I just, I pray every day I, I make an impact on somebody on a positive note rather than everything we hear on TV. Are, are you worried about being exposed in your work you know what um i i would lie to say if i wasn't um part of me thinks it's just a matter of time you know um and part of me thinks uh well there's a the news is showing a lot more um deaths than what we are survivors and there's a lot more surviving that would be low i would love to hear more <laughs> on the news than just the the deaths but um i am worried about it i'm worried about bringing it home to my family and but we all have uh, a plan here that happens um as much as you can plan for something like this you know and that kind of gives you something to to do so you feel like you have little control over a very uncontrolled kind of situation. But um, honestly, I have to say, I don't know why I'm not worried. Um, I guess I, part of me is, but I don't have this overwhelming, like fear. I don't have that. And I don't, and I don't know why <laughs> maybe I should, but I don't. And I thought, well, okay, we'll take one day at a time. And that's how I've been trying to do it. What is your plan at home? <laughs> If you get <laughs> exposed. Well, <laughs> it's probably not a very good plan. No, you know what? I just, I, I've just, we're washing everything. When I get home, I take all my stuff off in the garage because we can do that in California here, <laughs> you know. And I it's it's my, more difficult in Minnesota, in although we're getting to the warmer months. You are, you know, but no, I like, I wash all my stuff before I leave. I have, I have a bag. I leave everything out in the garage. I have my robe and I come up and I shower. And if something happens, we can all know what room we'll be in. We have all the cleaning supplies, if that helps, you know, um, with our essential oils. Um, I've been trying to be proactive using those and we're exercising and we're trying to really eat good foods, you know, and so I can keep our immune systems up. So we're all trying to just be, it's not much of, it's kind of like everything you're hearing, eat right, exercise, you know, keep things clean. So it's not much of a plan, but I feel like we did. What something. we can do, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of have like, okay, you're all be in this room, and this is how we'll do that. And but you know, and so I don't know. It's not much of a plan, but I feel like we did something. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
you had another experience today at Costco. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that? Well, um, uh, Costco here told us, and they were doing it for other hospitals too, but our day was today, where all St. Jude employees could come um, from seven to nine and and get groceries. And it was it was just our same, people that I see every day, you know, and we're just going through the store and it, it was really quiet and nobody, of course it's Costco, so everything looks like you get big stuff, but nobody was like crazy running from place to place. We all just kind of took what we needed, um, you know, which is like, you know, 20,000 eggs and 3,000. But I mean, but no one was like, everyone was calm. Everyone and the staff was just amazing. And I left there. I, I, and like I said, even people waiting in line, you know, it wasn't like this mass hysteria. We, you know, if we didn't get it, we didn't get it. But it was just like, when I left there, I was so, um, I called my dad and I said, you know what? And, And I started crying on the way home. And I said, this is just amazing to me that these stores are doing this for us. And, and I think, well, why wouldn't they, you know, people are like, well, of course, but they didn't have to. And it was just, it was just really nice. I, I guess there's not even words to describe it there, but it was, it was pretty overwhelming. Um, Cause the staff was like, thank you so much for what you do. And we're like, Yep. <laughs> you know, and we just got our stuff on the, I don't know. It's kind of, you can't explain it, but it was, it was pretty amazing. And I was very, very thankful for them. Yeah. It's a nice gesture for sure. It is. It is. So, well, I want to, uh, well, it's not that late by you, but it's getting late here by me for an old man like me. So I, I want to just ask you a couple more questions and then let you get back to your family. Um, thinking back to a month ago before really, coronavirus was really on many people's radars what what do you miss about life back then i uh, i think um the sense of um oh that's just a good question i you know just like the things you you're reading just being able to go to the store and grab something and think nothing of it now i'm constantly thinking do i have gloves on is that clean should i wash that you know you're just constantly thinking of all the little stuff now um and no i don't want you to go in the store i'll go in the store you know where it was just like you didn't think about it you didn't you know you emma went somewhere and my daughter went somewhere and you didn't think about who she was with it you know and now i you're just thinking about your every literally your every move whatever you do is that going to cause exposure to somebody else or me or and it's yeah we didn't have that a month ago or yeah i think as you're talking what what occurs to me is that i um things felt kind of secure things felt normal thing and i think uh these days things feel way more vulnerable than I ever really realized that they were, you know, that incomes and jobs can just go away at at the drop of a hat like that, that, Mm -hmm. that, that our lives can shift so quickly feels way more vulnerable. And I think maybe one of the things I miss is that sense of security of knowing that, you know, things are just going to carry along. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll figure out, out a way. Yeah. Turns out maybe not. 
<laughs> well, you know, or even like Eric saw some story in I, Australia. I don't know where it was. Wales. I don't know. But this nurse came home and the whole family kind of cheered every time she came in the door. Whoever it was, it was like on the other side of the world. And you're like, this is, there is no place that's not experiencing what we're experiencing right now. You know, maybe not, you know, you know, Idaho may not be to the degree, but every place on this earth is literally going to the same thing. That's got to be a first. Yeah. And that, you know, he was like, oh, that's over there. No wonder that's happening. No, that's, (laughs) it's, everybody's in the same boat. And it really makes you uh, feel, you know, yeah, like you said, very vulnerable. Well, that's not a good place to end. We're going to keep talking for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) To land on a little bit uh, happier note, but I, but I agree with you. Um, What, what is it that you're looking forward to? What is, the, what is the first big family outing that you think you all will do when normal life comes back? Well, I'm hoping it's uh, yours and my get-together when we go to uh, Megan's wedding. I'm, I, I hope we can make Megan's wedding. I hope thing, I'm really looking forward to going back to Wisconsin. Um, but even smaller than that, getting to the ocean. I can't wait to go down and... Go to the people are still going to the ocean, but that's just to go and freely go and not worry about if someone's within six feet of me. Right. That would be nice. Well, um, I hope you get to do that sooner rather than later. I really hope we get to see you in Wisconsin in August. Yes. Uh, we'll aim for that. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. Well, sounds good. I appreciate you taking the time, Tracy. It's good to see you. Oh, you too, John. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for How Life Changed. I'm your host, John Noldner, and I look forward to seeing you next time. How Life Changed is a series produced by A Piece of My Mind, a multimedia arts project that uses storytelling to rediscover what connects us. You can find A Piece of My Mind on Instagram at A-P-O-M-M Stories, on Twitter at A Piece of My Mind 1, that's the numeral 1, Facebook and YouTube at A Piece of My Mind. Peace is always spelled out, P-E-A-C-E. And you can find all of those links on our website, A-P-O-M-M dot net. That's the acronym for A Piece of My Mind dot net. Listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend to listen too. Together, we'll see the world in new ways, one story at a time.